This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. We, we're going to kind of engage like we would um, if we were just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, it's just so. Yeah. Welcome to our kitchen. I know. Can we get a little Some of y'all are like, I don't want to be in your kitchen. Okay, no. What's that? No, I was talking to our team. Oh, okay. Um, so w- the way I would answer that is like, why, what the why? Like, why are we having this conversation? I would say, um, I'm personally, I, I, I'm not in fear of what's going on out there, but I'm concerned um, as a pastor. I believe that you can have faith and be concerned at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm concerned with how we're treating each other. And what I mean by that is different uh, races and ethnicities and all that and how it's kind of manifesting. And this is the thing, too, from my perspective. This ain't nothing new. It's just manifesting. It's been in the soil for a while, and now it's just producing something. And so why are we having this conversation, I believe, is that, number I, I am concerned, and I... And I am, I'm still concerned. And I feel like let's start, let's start here. Let's talk in church about it. Let's, let's look at the Bible. Let's look at what Jesus did. And another thing too to answer the question why is one of our core values as a church is love people. And so this is, Rice and Relationships is all about people. And so we are going to do This is just one thing, but I I have to look at us as a community and who we say we are and say, God, how how can we love people? And this is just a way to talk about this in church about loving people. Amen? The Bible says, you know, that, that, that his house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Amen? And so, um, so yeah, um. You know, and I wrote some notes here. This conversation is, is all about showing all races that they are loved by God and loved by this church. So, so yeah, that's the why. Okay. Uh, um, and then w- another question we wanted to address is what do we hope to accomplish? So we know that in this conversation we don't have, like, days and hours to, to address all of the issues that, that um, affect people. We can't, we don't, in this session, we're not gonna be able to address everything, but we can address some things. Right. And what we hope to accomplish, what we hope comes out of this, is that you leave here challenged, that um, you leave here empowered and, and really um, evaluate um, your perspective, evaluate, um, am I truly, loving people as I should? Am I loving people as God loves people? Do I see people as God sees people? And all of us can grow. There's, if you're not uncomfortable in this conversation or um, I'm a little uneasy or just, just awkward, um, I would challenge you because this, every growth process, every relationship has a little bit of awkward. has a little bit of uncomfortable. If we're going to grow in our relationship, there comes a point where things might get a little uncomfortable, and that sometimes in the uncomfortable, it forces you to grow. In the the awkward, it forces you to reevaluate. So our hope in this is that this conversation triggers something in your heart, triggers something in your spirit that causes you to start to think Mm -hmm. about what you're saying Think about how you're acting. Yeah. Think about um, um, the things you're posting on social media. Yes, we're going to delve into social media and our role as believers and just how the voice and the platform we've been given, we have a responsibility to steward that well. And we want to challenge every single person in this place. And even as we were going through this, we were, we were evaluating and challenging each other um, in some of the questions and, and some of the things that we were discussing. So that is what we hope um, comes out of this. Because what affects one person in this house affects us all. So yeah. if there is someone who is affected by the things going on in this world, it's not... Um, it is not an individual experience as the body of Christ. If your brother is struggling, if your sister is struggling, that should affect you. You don't get to turn a blind eye. 
in the body of Christ. It means now that you have a responsibility either to act, to speak up, to cover, to do what you can do, whatever God has called you to do, because not everybody can do the same thing. We all have a different role to play in this world, but our hope is that it challenges you as a body of Christ um, to be whatever it is God's called you to be, to be the voice for the voiceless in a time that's needed, and that you rise up to take a hold of whatever that is. That's good. And you know, we can't, once again, we can't solve all the problems in here, but our, our heart is that we walk out of here and that maybe, hopefully, we approach a certain type of person differently as a result. Yeah. And this isn't a assumption that everybody in here is racist at all, <laughs> but not being racist isn't the goal. No. Because <laughs> you can no, hear people, oh, I'm not racist. I didn't say you were. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not racist. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to go there. But, but this is uh, not about not being something. Mm -hmm. It's about being Jesus to people yeah. on purpose yeah. that might be outside of your, your little bubble. Amen. Yeah, amen. Kind of quiet in yeah. here on a so, Sunday morning. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I'm assuming nobody is, but... That's not the problem. Maybe the problem's just a little deeper. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's that we, we've guarded ourselves from a certain environment because, oh, I don't know how to act around that. And if you're awkward around a certain type of person, it's an indication you might want to be friends with them. <laughs> you know, because don't you think Jesus was a little awkward when blind Bartimaeus was screaming at the top of his lungs? Everybody else was awkward. They were like, be, keep him quiet. And Jesus was like, bring him over here. Let's talk to him. And all Jesus, the Jesus people were like, oh, be quiet. The, the bishop is walking through the city. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It was somebody in need, awkward moment, another awkward moment, woman with issue of blood. Society said, don't touch people when you're going through that time of your month or whatever, right? Like she had an issue of blood. So no, it, it's, you can, and she was all over people touching Jesus. And he was like, wow, you're healed, girl. In front of everybody, um, the it's woman at the well is another example of, God, of Jesus crossing boundaries and yeah. making other people uncomfortable. And so he is our example in this. So that's, and so really what we want to get to now is like our foundation is the word of God. Amen? The, our foundation is the word. So we're just going to kind of delve into some scriptures here. And if you want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 10, and did you want to say anything as we kind of no, go there? No, I was there, just going to say, just so you know, we're going to build here. So we're going to lay some foundation in the word, and then we're going to delve into some um, specific um, issues, some um, very personal experiences. And we'll, the reason we want to start with the word is because that's where we start with everything. We, we started with the Word of God, we started in prayer, and we're going to start this conversation the same way. So we hope that this is a foundation um, for you to be able to build on that. Yeah. And so in Acts chapter 10, I'll kind of give you the narrative here, and you could read it. It's an amazing story of Peter, who was called to be a church leader, and he still had racial issues. He still had uh, religious issues. So I'll give you, kind of just give you the story here. God spoke to an Italian, which Jews were not supposed to associate with Italians. It was an ethnic thing. And it was a religious thing. But there, the boundary was ethnicity. And God gave Peter a vision. And he, dis, and he four-footed creatures coming out of heaven. And Peter's like, God's like, kill and eat. And, and I'll, we'll get to verse 34. I'll just give you the background. Kill and eat. And Peter said, as a Jewish man, I cannot eat what is common or unclean. God wasn't talking about animals. He was talking about people. And then God told him, do not call uncommon what I have cleansed. Okay? And so it, it goes on um, to say, and I'm in verse 10, chapter 10. If you want to just follow me, I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures. And we'll, we'll kind of stop here at verse 34. And then and in verse 12, uh, in, in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth with wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, no, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Verse 15, and a voice spoke to him again a second time, and he did it three times. Okay? So, um, so Peter wondered within himself what the vision meant. He wasn't getting it yet. 
Um, but he sends him, and look at verse 24, and the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius, he was the Italian, was, was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Verse 25, as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I myself am also a man. And so here was Peter's first step in deliverance that he said, look man, we're not supposed to associate, but on that point right there, he's like, we are both men. That your ethnicity, your background doesn't make you any worse or me any better. We are both men. Don't worship me. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worship me. I'm just a, I'm, I'm a human just like you. Tell him, don't worship me. I'm just a human just like you. Okay? And verse 27, and as he talked with them, he went in and found many who had come together. Uh, verse 28, then he said to them, you know how unlawful, here we go how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God, everybody say, but God. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. There was a nationality, ethnic um, stop up in Peter's life per se. And if you go down to verse 34, this one will be up on the screen here. Uh, then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. Verse 35, and, But in every nation, everybody say every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. And so um, partiality... Um, is a sin when we show partiality to people based on something the way God made them that is a sin you know that that is that is God does not show partiality there's a history in our nation that has shown partiality Okay, I'm not here to pick on our nation. I'm just saying there's great things in our nation. I appreciate this nation, but what our founding fathers did was not biblical. To show partiality to ethnicities based on nationality, color of skin, that is not in the Bible. It Amen. sure is quiet in it Southern sure California. Quiet. Now. I love this nation. I appreciate this nation. There are freedoms in this nation. I've traveled to many other nations. I haven't been to every continent just yet. But I appreciate the freedoms here. But we have to be honest and look at things that that was not the Bible. You know? Somebody say amen. And so, so this is Bible here. This is God. There, there is no partiality. And partiality really comes from the word part. That I prefer a part of God's creation over another. That partiality is if I were to look at a white person and say, say, you know what, you're going to get a better deal because you're white. That is saying, I like this part of God's creation, but I don't like this part. They're both God's creation and they're both sacred. When I start to show partiality and if it were um, privilege, that is, that, is, that is not of God. That is not the heart of God. That is not Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah. And so turn your Bibles quickly here, James chapter 2, verse 9. I think we have the Amplified up here, and then my okay. wife will share us a couple things. And I know many of us know this, but it's good to kind of look at this and see the context of this story. And, and as you're turning to James chapter 2, it's interesting. I'll just share this quickly as you're turning there, and you can write this down. In Acts 11, I'll read Acts 11, verse 1 here as you're turning there, just to kind of show what Peter had to deal with in the religious world of his day. I'm going to read this. This was the follow-up after God filled these Italians with the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, and, and touched them. That verse 1, now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word. Verse 2, this is Acts 11. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, that's the church he was submitted to. That was like his leadership. He went to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, which were the Jews, contended with him, 
fought with him, per se. Not physically, but they contended. They said, you're one of our leaders, and you're out there praying and preaching to Italians? They contended with him. His leaders that were touched by God serving in the church were contending with him because he stepped outside of the circumcision. Okay, here it is. Verse 3, saying, you went into an uncircumcised man, man and ate with them? You went over a black person's house and ate with them? Could you imagine? You hang out with Mexicans? <gasps> you have a multi-ethnic church in Boyle Heights? <gasps> Do you know there's gangs over there? You don't belong there. You're white. You should, you should be on the west side. Should be in Beverly Hills or something. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> what has become of you? That's what they said to the Peter. This is the church. These are our founding fathers. I love the word of God in our history, but there's a spotted history in church leadership. Here. Somebody say amen. You went into uncircumcised man's house and ate with them? But Peter explained, look, man, God did it, not me. Right? That's basically what he said. I, got, I had a vision. God brought me there, and I was preaching. I didn't touch him. I didn't touch the unclean thing. I was Isn't it funny how God filled him? He didn't even pray for them. He was preaching the word, and God filled them. You know? And so it goes on to say, and you can look this up yourself. In verse 18, after he tells the story, they heard these things. They became silent. They're like, wow, we cannot argue with what God is doing to these people outside of our bubble that God filled these people outside. There's history in this city where the international revival of Pentecost and charismatic movement started right outside of little Tokyo. You can go there, there's a plaque. Me and dad, by the way, my in-laws are here, people. Mom and dad are here, yeah. So we're talking 1906. He's a black man, his name is William Seymour, black man with one eye, he preaches the gospel, Azusa Street, right down the street, and he, many people know it's that brick area, it even has notches in the ground where the actual house was, or this, this, this building was, a black man in 1906, uh, civil rights movement didn't happen for some 40 years plus later. And he's preaching the gospel, started an international movement that we as a community on a spiritual level are fruit of what happened there. That a, and it was, a, and in the plaque it says verbatim to something around the, along the lines of that God used him to create a congregation that was multi-ethnic impacting nations. And so God always, a move of God will always touch more than just one type of person. It's just how God does things because he loves everybody. And, and I believe there's something happening here in our community. If you look around this room, nobody can actively, intentionally do this thing that is the hand of God. And so um, I said all that to say at the end, it says they silenced them. It, uh, once again, verse 18, chapter 11, verse 18. When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, then God... Here we go. Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Okay, I'm going to read one more scripture and then my wife will jump in. But James chapter 2, uh, sorry, yeah, James 2, 9. I'll read it here and it'll be up on the screens as well. James 2, 9. But if you show, here it is. But if you show, it's amplified. But if you show partiality, prejudice, favoritism, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as offenders. And so we as, as people, we got to understand that that is a sin. It's, it might not be stealing. It might not be fornication, adultery. It might not be lying. It might not be those things. But it is a, if I could say it, if I were to classify it, it's a social sin. Maybe not a moral sin, but it's still a sin. Somebody say amen. And so, yeah. Um, no, and the scriptures I have are, they run along the same lines, but um, to be able to look at God's creation and make a decision that you don't like that person because of what they look like, um, remember, 
God made you too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when we're looking at the world and we talk about partiality, um, I can't look at people through my own filter. I have to look at people and see people as God sees them. And that means no partiality. And that means even if um, a lot of times we grow up in environments and it's not, and I mentioned this when we were pre preparing for this, there are sometimes you have commonalities with people because you may, you may um, be the same race. Like there are conversations I can have with Venetia and Michelle about black hair because we're black and our hair is different. <laughs> so that's a commonality. But commonality does not equate to, um, well, you're my peoples just because I can talk to you about my hair. You know what I mean? We have to go a step beyond that. It's not just about finding commonalities. It's about finding the, the depth of a person mm -hmm. and finding out this person connects with me on this level. And yes, the commonalities make it easier. It's always easier to hang out with people who can understand certain things. You don't have to explain yourself. But in the explaining, in the, the discussing, in the discovery, that's where you learn good. about other people. That's where you learn about the things that are different from you. And I believe that... Um, God always, what's interesting to me is that those people we read about in the Bible, um, all of our heroes, David, Moses, Daniel, um, Esther, a lot of these people were put in positions outside of their comfort zones, and yet they still flourished. They had to find a way to live and work in an environment that was not natural mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And they flourished even in that and found favor in those places. So when we're talking about partiality, even the way you look at things, the way you perceive or um, view things, this should be a challenge to you as well. Yes, it's sometimes I know the default is for us to be comfortable. But God didn't put us on this earth to be comfortable. Right. He put us on here to be, he put us down here to be world changers. We're ambassadors for Christ. So we're not here to be comfortable. I'm here to change the world. That's right. Amen. And That's I want good. to encourage you, um, whenever you feel yourself getting comfortable, it's time to shift things yeah. up a little bit. Mix it up. Change it up a little bit. What's next? What's next, God? What's the next step? And I just have two scriptures I want to share um, from uh, Romans 2.11. Um, the New King James Version, um, it says, there is no partiality um, in God. The Amplified, I love the Amplified Version because it just, Amplified always, it amplifies, right? Just brings out more words for you. For God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With him, no one person is not more important than another. And if that is God talking, then, then that's our mandate. Amen. That is how that's we good. live our lives. Uh, there's no arbitrary. There's no favoritism just because. <laughs> I don't get to like you more than you just because. <laughs> I have to give everybody the same chance. I have to default to, I want to get to know you. We might differ in some of our viewpoints. We might differ in the way um, we've been raised. We might differ in the way we process things, but that doesn't make us so different that we can't love each other and learn to respect each other as people. And First John 4.20, and then we'll move on from here. Um, it says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love God whom he has not seen? Mm. As brothers and sisters of Christ, and I'm, this is a challenge too to believers because a lot of the, um, the, the pain and a lot of the discourse that has come out of people over this past year or so, um, it's come from people in the house of God. And I want to challenge you as believers. Um, if I can't love you, like, if, I, if I'm having trouble with you, I can't truly say that I love God. If I have issues with you, I don't like you. I don't love you. You can't love God 
Hate and love cannot occupy the same space. It mm -hmm. can't. Mm -hmm. One has to, to be laid down and the other one has to be picked up. We choose every day when we get up and open our eyes and get ready to go into our day. We make the choice every morning whether we're gonna love or not. And when you're confronted with situations that require you to um, step into the uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you have to choose love. I, I, um, I was sharing with some people um, when we were going through all of this, and we're gonna jump into the next section, yeah. um, but we will all stand before the Lord one day, all of us. <laughs> when I stand before the Lord, um, my husband's not gonna be standing there with me. I have to answer for my own actions. The Bible says that by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. Every word that comes out of my mouth, I will be held accountable for, before my heavenly Father. That is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I challenge you this morning. What are you saying? How do you see people? What is your heart? Mm -hmm. And are you truly letting God go deep into all that stuff in your heart that might not be um, completely Jesus, because we all have those little pieces in us that we're like, Jesus, I need, I need some more of you here, <laughs> because this isn't working out. I need right. some more Jesus right. in this area of my life, mm -hmm. and I want to, I want to challenge you, church. The person sitting next to you, you're going to be spending eternity with them. Get used to loving them here. Mm -hmm because you're going to love them for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's get a reality check here. This isn't about just here, our lives on earth. We're, we have to be eternity-minded believers. This is about eternity. This isn't just about this blip that we have on earth. One day we are all going to be in heaven with Jesus, with our brothers and sisters, and we have a responsibility as believers to model what love is. And if we can't love each other, how is the world going to look at us and know how to love? Mm -hmm. If we have trouble just having conversations mm -hmm. about basic things like politics, that's, ba that's basic. We're going to jump into politics in a second. But that is, it's the world we live in, but it's not everything. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah, that's good. How would you, um, <clears throat> since this is a conversation, I know we're going to jump into this, but... Let's just say, um, talking about loving each other, like, has anybody ever felt um, hate from another person? Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. And whether that was ethnic or, you know, or you felt like because of how you looked or maybe your accent and maybe your accent was hard to understand and, but they got negative and made you feel less than. Anybody ever... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you're like, whoa, man, I'm, I'm trying to learn this English thing. Why you make, you know what I mean? So I understand that could, you know what I mean? Uh, so in a situation like that, how, what would, I mean, I know that that's, that could be difficult because you're, you're demeaned, you're, you're pushed down for something that you, it's not, you didn't do anything wrong. But because of maybe the way you look, the way you talk, somebody pushed you down and, threw some shade on you. How, how would make you make assumptions would, about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, how, like, how have you, have you ever had dealt with that? Yeah. Okay, and so maybe how did you, what, what, what went on inside you, and like, how did you get through that? Well, of course, your first gut reaction <laughs> is always to, to turn physical. You want to knock somebody out when you know that you're... Anybody ever <laughs> felt like knocking somebody out? When you're being when, treated yeah. unfairly right. because of okay. well, the way you look or anything yeah. like that. Your first yeah. gut reaction yeah. is like... Yeah. Jesus help me, but anyway, um, because that, once you get no. past that, yeah, because you know, like, because um, it's not fair, it's right. not just, yeah. and we serve a yeah. just God. It's so wrong. when you know yeah. you're being it's judged wrong. a certain way because of yeah. something, you, you're like, well, he created me beautiful. You don't like yeah, it. Yeah. That's your problem. Yeah. But at the step. same time, there's you have to choose your battles. Oh no, you you didn't. have to choose your battles. You can't. Yeah. Every, you're not going to change everybody's mindset in every yeah. single encounter. It's just yeah. not going to happen. And you have to, um, you have to manage that. 
You yeah. have to know when, when it's time to speak up for something and when it's time to just, you know what, in this moment, at this time, what I have to say is just not gonna, it's just not gonna, so I'm just not going to. <laughs> like, you just have to, you have to do that internal dialogue. You have to have that internal dialogue because I know most of us have it. I know that, that most of us have it because I have it. I know when I encounter certain things and you knock everything off your list, like it can't be because of this, it can't okay, be well, because of this, it can't be because of this. And then you're like, well, it has to be because I'm black. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You, you try and, uh, you try and, you're you trying try to like, and why? give what? people the benefit of the doubt because your heart is that a person is not judging me because of this. That's what, at least that's what my heart is. My heart is that, I would hope that this person isn't um, approaching me this way because of this. And after you've knocked out every single reasonable explanation and all you're left with <laughs> is race, then that's where the rubber meets the road. And you have to, in that moment, make a decision is what I'm going to do or what I'm going to say. If, if someone were to look on in this situation, is what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do be a reflection of Jesus in this moment? Mm. And if it's not, shut it down. I know how hard it is <laughs> to lock that thing up because once that thing gets unleashed, it's very hard to like reel it back in. But... I have to remember that first and foremost, I'm a child of God, mm -hmm. first. So every expression that comes out of me, every word, every action, every thought, mm -hmm. it needs to be an expression of Jesus. And it doesn't take away from who I am because who I am, my identity is in Christ, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. All of those other things, he created me a certain way, and I appreciate, appreciate those things, and I love those things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, in a moment, mm -hmm. when you have that split-second decision <laughs> to go this way or to go that way, you always choose the Jesus way. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. Because coming out of that, you want people to be able to say, <laughs> well... This person didn't go off on me like I thought they were going to. Mm -hmm. they, you want your, your reputation to speak for you, that you are a godly person, that you communicate in love, that you communicate in re with respect, that you communicate um, a certain way. It doesn't take away from other people's actions. I can't, uh, this isn't about other people so much as it is about you. Like I said, all, these other, all of us will stand before the Lord. We all will answer for our um, actions and our words. Mm -hmm. But me, I have a responsibility for me. Mm -hmm. And that's what's most important. That's good. You um, have to make a choice. That's good. Uh, so in, uh, moving forward, um, our last section here, um, as far as... Uh, we're going to talk about yeah. politics and faith. Yeah. So um, I'll just make a few statements here. <laughs> um, we, want to, we want clarity um, with some things. So as a Christian, doesn't mean that I'm Republican. As a black woman, doesn't mean I'm a Democrat. Um, I'm a believer. And when I, like I said, when I stand before God, he's not going to ask me if I was a Republican or if I was a Democrat. Well done, Republican. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Like, <laughs> that is not going that, to that's be... That's not the heaven I'm going no. to. No. And we have to keep it in perspective. Believers, we're talking well, well to believers. Well done, Democrat. Way to do it. <laughs> like, this is not what he's yeah. going to ask yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Keep and it in perspective. Thing. Yeah, and that, look, politics is a part of society. It is. It, it's important, and it is, like, if you ever study kind of from the church perspective, there's a study, there's a kind of books out there. It's on the seven mountains. It's like entertainment, the church, family, politics, business, and so it's like society's made up of these quote-unquote mountains. Politics is one of them. 
but politics is a part of life, but it is not everything. It sure is not. And, and, and whether you're one or the other or neither, you know, d to some degree, um, you know, the bottom line is, is Christian, you know. Um, those are man-made. We're, we're, we're coming from the kingdom, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that we disregard politics by any means. We want to understand and be yeah. engaged and pray for the right people to be in that space. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing when you have people of power that are that love God and are saved and all that good stuff, and, or at least praying for the ones that aren't, you know what I mean? Uh, politics is a part of life, but it is not everything. We aren't married to a political party no. uh, as a Christian, um, you know, and it's there, and praise God, there are people there that are called to actually live in that space. What a great Christian leader in our generation that is heavily involved in politics, extremely intelligent, has a lot of influence, is Pastor Samuel Rodriguez who's up in Sacramento, and he is heavily involved in that space. He is a pastor of a church, but that's kind of a mountain he's called to, and he's amazing. Presidents love to get take a photo with that guy because of his influence in the Hispanic community, and the man is a spirit-filled, fiery preacher. So it's beautiful to see that, but, but we're not married to, as Christians, it's, it's secondary to, to Jesus. It is secondary to our faith. Amen? Um, yeah, and so, it's yeah. important, too, that even as believers, I know that in this, especially in this last election, it really flared up a lot of emotion and a lot of frustration and anger in people. And as a church, um, we have to be able to come to a place where we can have conversations with people, but I don't hate on you because of how you voted. Like, you can vote for whoever you want to vote for. Whoever ends up in office, we have a responsibility to pray for them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it was someone you voted for or not. Pray for him. He is in power. He is the president. It's President Trump. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with everything he does. I didn't agree with everything President Obama did. I didn't agree with any, everything he, he um, said or do, did. But I still prayed. As a, responsibility, as, as a responsible believer, you have a mandate to pray for your leaders. Pray. You don't like the person? Pray. Yeah. You have an issue with something? Pray. He ought and to be getting a lot of prayer. Everybody needs prayer, but especially those who are in positions of power. Amen. Who can turn yeah. the tide of society. We, like, never diminish the power of a praying church. Never diminish um, your sure. prayers. They make a difference. A lot of believers are always like, we're going to pray for this. Yes, there is, there's a call for prayer, and there's a call for action. We can't all act at, at the same level. We can't have all the same involvement in certain things. But there's one thing we can all do, and we can all do all the time. We can pray. And if it means that you have to take a moment and set aside your own personal prejudices about certain leaders, then do it. Because this isn't about you. This is about a nation. And this is about a people who will be affected across the board. And if the church doesn't take the lead and show that we can be above this, all of this rhetoric, all of this hateful talk, all of this um, bashing of people, if you can't rise above that and be able to communicate the love of God, the truth of the word of God, but communicate the love of God, then you need to reevaluate. We're not here. Like, for example, we're going to jump into social media. If you post something on social media and all the, the fruit of it is that it's inciting anger and hate and um, division, Get that thing off your social media page. Why? Because as a believer, you are, you are a Christ follower first. I don't want my social media post to negatively affect my um, witness as a believer. If what I'm posting on there is not glorifying God, if, it, if it's not, the fruit of it is not unity, then it doesn't need to be on there. You do, I'm, am I saying that you avoid the hard issues? No. I'm not saying you avoid the hard issues. But here is our foundation. Mm -hmm. That's good. This is what we stand on. And I know that there have been a lot of conversations on social media, back and forth, with people who attend the same church. And I have issues with that. 
I have problems with that mm -hmm. because that is not a reflection of my Jesus. I believe it's the work of the enemy to come in through something that there are there are important issues. Yes, legitimate that, concerns. That yeah. are concerns on, if I could say, both sides. But if that concern that is post-God, that is after man-made institutions and processes and belief systems, can come in and, and snatch Wreak your havoc. faith right out of your yeah. breath, then that is a that's the devil that is the it devil is, that 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 some issue can come up and just divide me my relationship with somebody based on a certain approach or thought about something that that is the work of the devil to mm -hmm. divide people and to bring that kind of division um, you know have your opinion and and have those hard conversations but if that kind of cause you to lose your witness it's wrong. Flat out wrong. You know, wrong. the conversation, some things you do need to stay away from because, no, nah, I ain't trying to, don't bait me. Yeah. I'm not going to take it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and yes, I've heard things and see things that really get under my skin. Um, and I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I could just slap that person, right? <laughs> I have those, no, really, like I have those, you know what I mean? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you're like, that's wrong. And then, but then I get up in there, and then now it's double wrong. They were wrong, and now I'm wrong. And, and have your opinion. Be passionate about what you feel is right, but, but filter that through, through, through the word. And, and, you know, my wife always says to me, just because you feel it doesn't mean you need to say it. You know what I'm saying? Just because you think it doesn't mean you need to say it. Who said amen over there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? She's like, just because you feel it, don't. I'm like, well, it, you know, I feel better now that I said it. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> amen. And so, um, so, once again, yeah, moving forward is, um, I just wanted to share just a little bit so you can maybe understand maybe where, where I'm coming from here. And then we'll, we'll see what my wife says, and we'll close in prayer. Man, we went through this quick. It's, it did it's go our, by wow. fast. So, and there um, are a couple things we still yeah. do want to touch on. There's one question okay, that ahead. did come in about um, how do you deal with old mindsets, like from like from history, like like older like, um, people in your family or that parents, might, grandparents you know, have that certain might prejudices have. from back in the day that to them it was normal. Like I'll give you a for instance, and you can answer the question. My granddad on my mom's side, he was Croatian. He's like, he wasn't even, he was, he came over on the boat, on a boat or whatever. So same with my, my dad's side. My dad's side was Italian. They came over on a boat. But my grandfather was racist. Now, he, back then, he wouldn't have said he's racist. He just said, that's how it is. Um, might not have said it like that, but he, he, was, he was white, of course, Croatian. And my uncle, my mom's brother, married a Mexican back in the 70s. And he disowned his son. Shut him out. I'm done with you. And so when my uncle talks about it to this day, he gets in tears. And he's still married to her, great family, Aunt Janice. Um, she, my wife loves Aunt Janice. I love Aunt Janice. But, but that was normal then to, that was normal. You disown. We're talking California here. I'm talking my granddad owned gas stations in San Francisco. He's a wealthy, hardworking man. But the man was racist. And so back then, it was like, that's just the way it is. And, and I, I believe we need, so I don't know if I answer your question, but, well, but some of those mindsets are kind of old, and we'd say it's old school. Yeah, old school racist. It is. <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it is prejudice. It is not right. How do you think that, that, that made Aunt Janice feel as a young woman, married, in love with somebody, and her, she, could you mind what she dealt with? Like, I just caused my husband to be disowned by his wealthy father. So now my, from this day, my uncle and aunt, they live in Sacramento. <laughs> they moved out of San Francisco. But that, that, the history of that is because he married a Mexican. Yeah, and I think even in, in family, like in real life now, you're yeah. talking about, yeah. um, you're going to, well, we have Thanksgiving coming up. So you're in a family environment where you obviously feel and think differently than your family members. What do you do? And you have to remember that even in those moments, um, you are still the light of Christ. You are still the love of God. Amen. So you have to sometimes accept 
that some people will never think the way you think. Some people will never hear what you want to say. And you have to be okay with that. It is what it is. Some people will never change. And some people will. But you got to be able to be led by the Spirit in every situation. This is where prayer is so important. There were times where before we would go into certain environments, family environments, we would always pray before going first because <laughs> you never knew what you were going to encounter yes, when Lord you stepped Jesus, into it. Cover us, protect us, keep us. So we would pray yeah. and be like, Lord, if there's an opportunity that opens for us to be able to minister to the love of God, we want to step into that and be ready for it. But if it doesn't, we're still, it doesn't change what we stand for. It doesn't change what we believe. They know what we're about. They know what we believe. If they present the opportunity for me to go there, I'll go there. But I'll shut it down if I need to. Listen, it's not about always saying what you have to say when you want to say it. It's about timing. And it's about being led by the Spirit of God. Because I have a lot to say. And a lot I want to say when I want to say it. But I am not led by my emotions. I'm not led by what I think or what I want to do. I'm led by the leading of the Spirit of God. That's right. And if I can't recognize and understand he's telling me to stop right now, this is not the opportunity for you to be able to delve into this in this moment. If I can't hear that, that's when you get yourself into trouble. Because you start talking all kind of stuff and people either aren't ready to receive it, they're not ready to hear it. And you create this environment where, um, where you can't even be a witness. People just don't want to hear anything you have to say because of that one time you said something you shouldn't have said when you shouldn't have said it. So it's a challenge to you. Yes, what you're thinking, even in those environments, whatever it is God's put on your heart, you may be passionate about these things that are going on in the world right now. And there's a lot going on. You can be inundated with all of those things. And we didn't get to talk a lot about some of that personal experience, some mm -hmm. of the personal things we've had to walk through. But when you're in those moments and, and you're seeing things in the news, you're seeing things in the media, you're experiencing things when you're going out and you think, God, this is so overwhelming. How do I navigate through this when I see hate from people that I don't even know? Hate me for no reason. What do you do? What do you do? You have to, in that moment, seriously, you got to cry out to God and be like, Lord, help me here. Because, mm -hmm. yes, there are times to confront, and then there are times to just take that and commit it to prayer. So just recently, there, with all this stuff going on in the news, it did become very overwhelming for me because you start to feel these things. Very, it's a very visceral, very um, personal thing. Especially when you have kids and you think, my kids are going to have to exp might experience some of these things in life. How do I explain to them that God created you the way you are mm -hmm. and that whatever anybody else says that might be negative, you're going to have to learn to just wade through that mm -hmm. and love them anyway. You have to choose love every time. Like just recently, I'll share this. I was driving down the road. Um, I had the kids in the car with me and um, some random person just started to like block me on the road. Like I'm trying to shift lanes and stuff like this, trying to just get where I'm going. And um, I thought maybe there was something wrong. Like maybe my taillight was out or something. Cause you think the best of people, right? <laughs> and um, we pull up to a light and this guy pulls up beside me. So I roll down the window and he starts like unloading on me about the fact that I'm black, I shouldn't be here, um, I need to get out of here. This is on the road, my children in the car with me. So you have a choice. For me in that moment, what was most important was my children. Um, like I don't need them to hear this, see this, experience this, I just need to get where I'm going. Um, safely and get away from this crazy person on the road. But think about that. 
Like, I didn't know this person, never seen this person before in my life. They just happened to see me driving on the road. And I know in that, in that moment, you feel the anger. In that moment, you feel the, the natural thing in you that wants to lash out at people. Because you're so, it's, it's unbelievable that someone could hate you and not know you. Like, it, it's just crazy. And in that, I had to literally start to pray. I had to, in the car, I had to reel it in and start to pray. Pray for, pray that what I was feeling wouldn't blossom into something else that the Lord nips that thing in the bud and the Lord um, deals with that in me so it doesn't become something that I build on. I needed him to uproot that and pray for that person and just be like, Lord, I pray for his deliverance. Mm -hmm. I pray, Lord, that you start to work on him, mm -hmm. that you start to speak to him, that he has an encounter with the living God. Because the only way I could process that was to pray. Mm -hmm. I, I, you can't process those things on your own. Because when you encounter hate, when, when we're the love of God and we encounter hate and you're facing it head on, you're looking at it in the face. You can't match hate with hate. Love must speak louder than hate. So how are you going to choose to love somebody who hates you? Love somebody who doesn't appreciate the beauty in you? What does that look like for you? Does that mean that you, you close your mouth instead of saying what you want to say? Does it mean that you choose to pray for this person, pray a blessing over this person just because... So that's where sometimes freedom comes in, even for you. Let me pray for this person because when I start praying for them, the focus isn't necessarily on me and my frustration and anger anymore. It's on this person having an encounter with Jesus because ultimately it's that people will come to the light. They'll come to see God for who he is. And through that encounter with Jesus, be able to see God's creation as he sees them. So I want to challenge you because I know that some of you haven't had those encounters. You've encountered hate. You've encountered that um, thing. You've had that internal battle where you want to act on what is natural, what is the natural gut reaction, which is to just to react. Someone hits you, your automatic reaction is to like hit them back. <laughs> But as believers, we, we are responsible to, to take that next step. Mm -hmm. We have to pause. Mm -hmm. Pause. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, let the Holy Spirit do what he yeah. needs to do. That's good. That's good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to close in prayer here. But if there's people out there who say, you know what, I, I, haven't, I need to come to Jesus right now. Uh, whether you're coming back to him or it's your first time, I want to do this first, then we'll do... I want to pray for others as well, but first and foremost, if that's you, it's time for you to come to Jesus today. You're, you're in this room and you're saying, I need Jesus. I need the love of God in Christ. If that's you, just right where you are, raise your hand right where you are. I need Jesus. Praise God. Let's all pray this together. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. Save me. Save me. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I turn from my sin. I turn from my sin. And I run to you. And I run to you. You are my savior. You are my savior. And I am saved. And I am saved. I am justified. I am justified. By my faith in you. By my faith in you. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And one more thing, if we could just stand up here. We could just stand up and I just want to pray over us and we're going to um, I'll pray over everybody here, but I want to as a reminder um, join the conversation. When you came in, you should have received a card. Uh, next week, we're going to continue this series, but we're going to have a panel of people up here 
You should have gotten a card. And any question or comment you want to make a part of that service, we're going to try to get to all the questions. Please write down your question. Uh, maybe as a situation, how do you respond to this? Uh, and, and then we're, we're going to share a little more kind of about our own personal journey. We didn't really get to do that today. Uh, did you guys get something out of this today? You guys get ministered to? Amen. And so remember to fill that out and, and, and let me pray for you. I want to pray over you as we dismiss. Yeah, and just an encouragement. Don't run from the uncomfortable. Like, have the hard conversations. And I can say this as, as a minority. I appreciate the approach when someone wants to truly know you have a question, ask me. Like, don't be afraid to ask the hard questions because if we can't have conversations about the things that we wonder about or the things that we just don't know about, you're only going to learn when you ask questions. You're only going to learn when you can have a conversation. And a lot of times um, that conversation um, just happens with a question. But be open to talking about things. Good. Be open to it. You can have healthy conversation mm -hmm. without it ending in, in um, anger and, and disappointment. Good. Amen. Because the expectation only is that we love each other in the body of Christ. That is the expectation and will always be the expectation. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that uncomfortable, sometimes that awkward has to happen for people to grow. That's, that's just the way it is. You want to grow in relationship? Expect a little bit of awkward and uncomfortable. Amen. And then you get past it. And there's the fruit of that. And then you grow some more. And then you grow some more. So don't be afraid of the conversation. Like, hopefully you leave here and, and, and hopefully you, took, you can take something with you. Because our heart is that it's not to inflame, but it's really to just navigate through yeah. life. It's good. It's to navigate through, how do I deal with this? How do I walk this out in real life? Um, and we hope that you got a little taste of that today and you can take something with you. But next week, yeah, yeah we're going to delve in a little deeper because the whole thing will be dedicated to questions. Um, questions and situations and real life experience and how do you come out of certain situations? How do you progress past that? How do you even um, deal with what we're seeing? in TV, like the reality of how to process some of that. Um, we're going to delve into a, a lot good. of that next week. So That's good. Lift your hands here. Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you, Lord, uh, for this house and this community. Lord, I pray for everybody in here, if they've ever felt hated, looked down upon, rejected because of their race, uh, skin color, ethnicity, nationality or socioeconomic position. Lord, we break off any kind of lingering thing that the devil will try to bring on them, whether it's questioning their identity, their, 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 their beauty, and what you've created them to be. I, I break it right now in Jesus' name. We drive that out of this place. We thank you, Lord, that, they, that we as a community and you, our God, do not show partiality or favoritism or bias based on any of those things, but we love you. We release the love of God as a church over the people of this community. Love and acceptance and understanding. And Lord, I pray right now that you would pour in your healing. If people are still maybe dealing with that in their soul, their emotions, and just feeling that tension with certain people or a person from their past, their present, or whatever it is, Lord, I pray you pour in the healing. Lord, that, that you are our healer, you're Jehovah Rapha, that you would heal them and empower them to be Jesus in the midst of that. Father God, and equip them, pour in your spirit, God. Fill them just like you filled those Italians in the book of Acts, that you would fill us all with the Holy Spirit. You will baptize us all, that we would, we would all, God, experience you. And we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing with us as a church, Lord. Use us to be the salt and light 
in this world. And I thank you, God, that, Lord, we just declare over this church that we're going to continue to grow and to be a multi-ethnic, multi-national, multi-generational church with all kinds of people. Lord, we welcome and love them all, and we thank you that you're going to use us to be that example. Lord, bless everybody here. God, bless them going out just as you bless them coming in. My prayer, God, is that every blessing in Christ runs them down and takes them over in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. We love you, church. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week, and stay awesome and be blessed.